Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval Renaissance and Baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. This hour, we'll have some fun with body songs, rounds, and catches. Then, Wendy Gillespie brings us part two of a New York Pro Musica Antiqua retrospective, in which we'll explore the medieval drama, The Play of Daniel. We'll also hear from a collection of dances and Gaelic laments in our featured release by Les Witches. Let's take a quick look back in time. We spun the wheel and it landed on 1410. The city of Prague saw the installation of a massive astronomical clock on the southern wall of its old town city hall in 1410. This special clock included three main components, an astronomical dial showing the positions of the sun and moon in the sky, a calendar dial showing the months, and an hourly show of moving figures known as the Walk of the Apostles. Designed by a professor of mathematics and a clockmaker in collaboration, the Prague Astronomical Clock is now the third oldest clock of its type in the world, and the oldest still running. That year, Prague also witnessed the excommunication of Czech priest Jan Hus by Antipope Alexander V. Hus was a chief supporter of ecclesiastical reform prior to Martin Luther, John Calvin, and Huldrych Zwingli. He openly challenged the morals of clergy and papacy from his pulpit at the University of Prague. Hus was also a staunch defender of English philosopher John Wycliffe, whose writings were considered incendiary and heretical. However, in the winter of 1408, the university took measures to protect itself against heretical suspicion. All books by Wycliffe were seized and burned. Hus's support of Wycliffe put him at the mercy of Alexander V and the Roman Catholic Church. A few months later, Alexander V died suddenly in the company of the man who would succeed him as Pope. Some speculated that Alexander had been murdered. The rumor that Cardinal Baldassare Cossa had poisoned his predecessor is now considered false. Nonetheless, suspicion circulated during his consecration. In his papacy, the new anti-Pope John XXIII acted in the interests of the Medici family, who had supported him throughout his campaign to become Cardinal and Pope. The Medici Bank was decreed the official bank of the papacy, and the pockets of Florence's most powerful family were further lined. John did not serve for very long. The Council of Constance was convened in 1413 to elect a new pope, and resistance led to his trial for heresy, schism, and immorality. In 1417, the ascent of John's successor Martin V brought an end to the Western Schism. Meanwhile, in Belgium, Johannes Ockeghem is believed to have been born in 1410. Controversy remains to this day regarding the precise date and location of Ockeghem's birth. Some speculate that he knew and studied with composer Gilles Benchois in Hainaut while still a youth, and because of this must have originated from that county. Others believe that the composer derived his name from his hometown of Ockeghem in East Flanders. Like many musicians from this time, little is known about Ockeghem's early life, 
Much of what we know today is drawn from an examination of his musical works. Between 1446 and 48, Akagem served at the court of Charles I, Duke of Bourbon. Then around 1452, he moved to Paris and served as Maestro de Capella to the French court. Akagem's surviving compositions include 21 chansons, 5 motets, a famous lament on the death of Banchois, and 14 mass settings. This has been a glimpse back in time to the year 1410. I'm Angela Mariani. You can find more about the people, events, and music from this era online in our blog section at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Songs, catches, rounds, tavern songs, and ballads fall into that foggy area between the two worlds of early music and folk music, and many of them fall slightly into the realm of the ridiculous. But that's why we'll be playing them, because they're fun. We'll start with some tunes from 17th century English composer Thomas Ravenscroft, who compiled three collections of anonymous songs, rounds, and catches. Ravenscroft believed that music and song can be, quote, a salve for every sore. Tomorrow the fox will come to town. Tomorrow the fox will come to town. Oh, keep me over there. I must desire you neighbors all to follow the fox around the hall and cry as loud as you can call. And cry as loud as you can call. Oh, keep me over Keep, 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 keep,
fellows as you hear me, a toy that seldom is seen. Ah, sing out the fellows as you hear me, a toy that seldom is seen. Ah, three country dances in one to be a pretty conceit as I read. Ah, three country dances in one to be a pretty conceit as I read. Sing Robin Hood, Robin Hood, said the Lord John, come dance before the Queen. Sing Robin Hood, Robin Hood, said the Lord John, come dance before the Queen. In a red petticoat and a green jacket of white rose and a green In a red petticoat and a green jacket of white rose and a green Sing We heard a round of country dances and Tomorrow the Fox Will Come to Town from the Consort of Music's 1991 CD of Thomas Ravenscroft songs called There Were Three Ravens. Now let's hear a little tune by the one and only Henry Purcell called I Gave Her Cakes and I Gave Her Ale. It may be a little surprising if you thought that Purcell only vented his musical creativity hailing bright Cecilia. I gave her cakes and I gave her ale and I gave her sack and sherry. I kissed her once and I kissed her twice and we were wondrous merry. I gave her peaches and, and grapes and, and I gave her sack and sherry. I kissed her she was a white and I stroked her my beard. And we were wondrous merry. I gave her a cake and I gave her a spoon and I gave her a sack and sherry. I kissed her once and I kissed her twice and we were wondrous merry. 
We heard Custer LaRue and the Baltimore Consort perform a sweet little tune called My Thing Is My Own. That song is found in an 18th century collection called Pills to Purge Melancholy. Before that, we heard Henry Purcell's body tune I Gave Her Cakes and I Gave Her Ale, also performed by the Baltimore Consort, from a 1993 recording called The Art of the Body Song. I must say that recording was the first early music CD that I had seen with a parental advisory sticker. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia Early Music. The New York Pro Musica Antiqua, the ensemble that first popularized early music in America, performed its first concert on April 26, 1953. This is part two of a retrospective of the New York Pro Musica Antiqua. I'm Wendy Gillespie. The 1957-58 concert season brought with it the New York Pro Musica's first performances of the medieval liturgical drama, The Play of Daniel. The story, based on the biblical book of Daniel, was set to music around the turn of the 13th century by students in Beauvais in France and is preserved in a beautiful manuscript that is now at the British Library. Noah Greenberg and the New York Pro Musica were the first to revive the play in the mid-1950s. Their costumed, staged performances of it and the play of Herod became staples of the New York City Christmas season for many years. And since then, many early music ensembles have performed and recorded the play of Daniel. Let's listen to a significant moment in the play. There is great rejoicing at King Belshazzar's court because his men have looted sacred vessels from the Jewish temple when suddenly mysterious handwriting appears on the wall. You've been able to 
an excerpt from the New York Pro Musica Antiqua's 1958 recording of the play of Daniel. Let's hear the same moment in the play as performed by the Dufai Collective in their 2008 Harmonia Mundi recording. You may notice that the celebration of the looted vessels, which is in duple time in the Pro Musica recording, is performed in triple time in the Dufai Collective version. Just the opposite pertains in a later scene, when the king promises that whoever can interpret the text will be given power over Babylon. The New York Promusica version is in triple meter, the Dufai Collective in duple. Scholars still do not agree on the interpretation of either exact pitches or rhythm in this manuscript. In addition, the pronunciation of Latin has varied both geographically and chronologically over the centuries.
In contrast to the New York Pro Musica Antiquas version, we heard an excerpt from the Dufy Collective's 2008 recording of the play of Daniel. Also in 2008, Marianne Ballard created a new production of the play of Daniel at the Cloisters in New York City to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the original production. Her program note says, quote, Ours is one of perhaps hundreds that have followed since Greenberg's premiere at the Cloisters. Just as the youth of Beauvais invented their play, so too have the musical grandchildren of Greenberg and company found their own arrangements of it, experimenting and improvising in medieval fashion. It would be fair to say that most of the performers in today's production might not have been inspired to devote themselves to the field of medieval music had it not been for the movement inaugurated by the New York Pro Musica. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, publisher of Early Music America magazine, on the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Wendy Gillespie. Welcome back. We're exploring The Play of Daniel, a medieval liturgical drama first performed in the U.S. in 1957 by the New York Pro Musica Antiqua. Let's continue with Daniel's lament to King Darius, who has thrown him into the lion's den at the urging of his wicked counselors. Unable to set him free, the king commits Daniel to the care of the true God, whereupon an angel protects him from a horrible fate. First we'll hear the New York Pro Musica, followed by the same moment as recorded by the Ensemble Estampie of Munich in 1994, then a third version from the 1983 recording by Skola Hungarica, who gave us an unaccompanied, very spare interpretation using German pronunciation of the Latin text. Finally, we'll hear the Dufai Collective from their 2008 CD.
From the play of Daniel, we heard Daniel's Lament to King Darius performed by four different ensembles, the New York Pro Musica Antiqua, Estampi, Scola Hungarica, and the Dufai Collective, from recordings spanning 50 years. All these performers started with the very same single line of music that is only available in one source, but they came up with these very different interpretations. The play of Daniel ends with the instruction that the Te Deum should be sung. A very well-known hymn of praise, the Te Deum has only one known melody, though several variants, so the performers must choose what version to use and how to sing it. Soloists? Two choirs? In the same octave? Adding notes to the written notes? The New York Pro Musica employs all the performers in the play in two choirs, singing alternate verses and ringing bells as they process out of the auditorium or church at the end of the play. The Dufay Collective makes different choices.
heard the Te Deum from the play of Daniel performed by the New York Pro Musica, followed by the Dufai Collective. Both ensembles employ bells, but the Dufai Collective ones are big bells in a belfry, and they're used in a very different way. Instead of two choirs, the Dufai performance alternates text between a soloist and a choir. They also choose a very different version of the melody and employ French pronunciation of the Latin that you perhaps best heard in the U vowels, like the um of deum. Both interpretations are correct, though they are very different from each other. Made some fifty years apart, they give us an evocative illustration of how tastes have changed in the performance of medieval music. Part of the reason can be attributed to scholarly research, but perhaps most to the changing tastes of the listening public. The important point is that without the early exploration of this music by Noah Greenberg and the New York Pro Musica, and their ability to move their audience, the demand for early music performance would likely never have become what it is today. Join me next week for the third part of our tribute to the ensemble that started the early music movement in the U.S., We'll hear about the final years of the New York Pro Musica Antiqua and listen to music from one of the earliest fully staged Baroque operas to be mounted in America. I'm Wendy Gillespie. You can find hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts at harmoniaearlymusic.org. On our featured release, Les Witches offers an excellent collection of dances and Gaelic laments. The recording, Lord Galloway's Delight, explores 16th and 17th century music from the British Isles and is a complement to the ensemble's earlier release, Nobody's Jig. Les Witches is joined on this album by Siobhan Armstrong, a specialist in early Irish Renaissance and Baroque harp. Traditional Irish music encompasses a world of songs for every occasion and emotion. Ballads, drinking songs, love songs, and laments are sung unaccompanied or accompanied by instruments such as the flute, fiddle, and of course the harp. Harps were praised for their refinement and rich sound, and players of the harp were often employed by members of the Irish aristocracy. Irish, Scottish, and English tunes, such as the next one, which has the colorful name Johnny Cock Thy Beaver, were performed throughout the British Isles, taking on new forms as one player after another learned them by heart. Twenty-six of these tunes were published by John Playford in his Division Violin of 1685. Each selection unfolds through sets of increasingly complex variations, or divisions. The written embellishments reflect centuries-old traditions of musical ornamentation and improvisation.
A collection of dances and Gaelic laments, Les Witches performed Johnny Cock Thy Beaver and Lads of Light from their 2013 recording Lord Galloway's Delight. Each week we review recordings new and old on the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any aspect of this program. You can leave a comment or question anytime by visiting harmoniaearlymusic.org and clicking on Contact. The writers for this edition of Harmonia are Laura Osterlin and Wendy Gillespie. Thanks to our studio engineer, Mike Pashkash, and our staff, David Wood, John Bailey, and Anna Coogan. Additional technical support comes from KTTZ at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Our producer is Luann Johnson, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia.